How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him who they have never heard of? <laughs> they have never heard. And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. And this time I'd just like to welcome Pastor David Beck to come um, to share God's message with us today. The sermon title is Beautiful Feet. Kind of curious to see what this is. Hello, hello. Okay. Um, so yeah, my name is David Beck. For all those who might not know, I am currently a youth pastor at Amber Hope Church, which is a church uh, right down the street. But I went to LGM for about I think five years, um, starting two years ago. Uh, yeah, recently one thing I've started to do is I started to work on a small project. Uh, really, it's just a spreadsheet of all the different restaurants, bars, and cafes that I've been to since 2011, which is when I first came to this area. And so I assigned like an overall grade, right, between A to F, general school grades based on things like taste, value, reliability, desirability, and best context to eat at the restaurant. So, for example, you have a place like Fleetwood Diner. In the morning or the afternoon, C. C plus, maybe, right? But at 3 a.m., against your better judgment, B or B plus, right? Things rise and fall depending on the situation. Places like No Tie might have a surprisingly higher score just because of its overall reliability. And when any U of M or MSU alumni come back to Michigan, they're usually they want to try No Tie, like that's like the place that they want to go back to. And so for me, a lot of these places end up being like C plus, maybe B plus range. Um, just overall, basically it's just everything's solid, nothing stands out for better or for worse. Um, and so, as of this sermon, uh, excluding all the national chain restaurants, places that have permanently closed, uh, I'm up to at least about 200 places that I've been to in the past sort of 10 to 12 years. And so um, pretty much just, yeah, been here for a long time. I just like checking out new places, uh, just a lot of food. And it's been, it's been really enjoyable, um, also kind of crazy, just uh, thinking back of all the memories I've had uh, in these places. Um, I'm able to remember kind of what I had there, who I went with, um, how much I passed out after eating at a place like TK Wu, a lot of different places and places stand out to me. And so uh, if I go enjoy going to a place, I like going to a lot of new places or ethnic food uh, hole in the walls, um, I'll probably post about it on things like Instagram, uh, give a small rating, usually ends up, uh, anything I post will probably be 8.5 or above because um, all the stuff that I don't like, I actually just don't post because um, I don't want to, I don't want to rag on a restaurant for trying their best. And so one place I find myself recommending a lot nowadays is a place called Cuppy's, uh, Cuppy's Soul Food. It's uh, located on Washington Avenue in Ipsy. Uh, I would say you get the fried chicken or you get the fried, uh, fried catfish, you get mac and cheese, candy jams, uh, pay the extra for dessert for the banana pudding cheesecake. Um, don't do anything productive. You will pass out. It is really salty, uh, high blood pressure warning, um, <laughs> but it's really good. It satisfies the soul. It lives up to its name. Uh, for anyone who likes a more lighter option, there's a place over out in Ipsy again, uh, more in the downtown area called Encuentro Latino. And so it's a Guatemalan spot. And uh, yeah, you, you go there uh, for a brunch lunch. I would recommend the Guatemalan breakfast. Uh, you get some plantain, some eggs, add some chorizo on that for about $2 extra. Um, it's a really good meal. You got the churrascos, which is like a beef dish, kind of like a, a thin beef steak. Uh, really good. The tortillas are really thick and heavy. Um, but yeah, I just remember a lot of these places that I like to go to, and I like to share about it. 
because um, it makes sense. Most of the time when we share about things, it's because we enjoy them. It's because we're passionate about them, we want to say stuff about it. Right? For some people, it's things like golf, for other people, uh, for other sports, other activities. And it's one thing for me for food, because I'm a bigger dude. You might, even if you don't know me, you probably think that guy likes food. He likes eating. I don't blame you. But let's say you passionately collect restaurant, or not restaurant, refrigerator magnets. No one's going to know unless you tell them about it, or unless you show them a picture. Uh, something is kind of given to the other party to actually know what you're talking about. And yeah, it's just really hard to guess on a lot of these things. But one thing that I've noticed a lot in the churches is that a lot of times um, our faith, or Jesus, is something that a lot of us might be passionate about, but we just have a really hard time talking about. Um, so it could be things like, I know it's just hard with the delivery. Uh, it's really awkward talking to people about Jesus. Um, or maybe you're just not sure on a lot of questions yourself, and so it feels weird to want to reach out and share the gospel with people when you yourself don't actually know what you're talking about, or that's what you kind of feel like. And so, you know, I was thinking, you know, what do I preach on? And, and I was thinking, you know, this, this might be something that we can kind of touch on, and so I just want to go to today's passage, um, as we're all called to share the gospel and specifically talk about our faith. And so let's look into uh, how God uses Paul to be able to share this message. Uh, and so I'm just going to read uh, the passage again that we just read. How then uh, will they call on him on whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? Because as it is written, the how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from teaching, or from hearing, and hearing the word of Christ. Um, so to provide a little bit of context for this passage, many of you might know if you've been in the church long enough, uh, Romans is really theologically heavy. It's really dense. Right? So from about chapters 1 to chapter 9, you have a lot of things that he talks about, like justification, salvation, God's righteousness, justification, the law, sin, and all these pretty heavy topics. Right? And so it takes actually a lot to, to delve into some of these things. Um, in seminary, you can have an entire class on the book of Romans, and you still will not touch most of the material in there. Uh, but by the end of Romans 9, Paul starts to now shift his attention towards more theological sort of density to what, how do we do? What do we do with this information? And one thing that Paul is passionate about himself, uh, as he speaks about in the beginning of Romans 10, is he wants the Gentiles uh, or the non-Jewish people to be saved. Because the gospel, one of the good things about it is that it's not just for the Jewish people anymore. You can't just rely on customs and tradition and history, but it's the different borders are broken. The sort of fractures between different ethnic groups, they're broken. And so verses 9 to 13, uh, right before our, today's passage, he writes, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says... Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. And there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Um, and so one of the greatest things, uh, again, that Paul is talking about is that the cross and Jesus' death uh, and the grace of God is open to all people now. It's shared to all, it, it, it's available for all people. And this is a pretty important thing that I think we have a good, pretty good concept of. We hear about it a lot. Pastor Steve probably preaches on it. You've been to other churches that talk about how the gospel is open for all people. But in the time when the book of Romans is written, it's a very, a lot more of a foreign concept. 
Uh, Jewish people in that time were not necessarily known to like a lot of the Gentiles. In fact, they kind of uh, had a really bad history with a lot of them, kind of despised them in some ways. And so the incentive for a lot of the Jewish people to share of this good news, not really that much uh, with people outside of you know, their people. And yet, this is what Paul is pushing. Right? And so now we get to today's passage, and you know, all the things that he talks about, Romans 1 through 9, these are great things. But what does it matter if it's not communicated? Because right? you, can, you can know a lot of really great things, but if you're not actually sharing these things, then who's going to know? How are they going to figure it out? And so, uh, yes. Um, and so there's a reason, uh, if you've heard of the parable of the Good Samaritan, it stands out for a reason for a lot of the Jewish people. Um, it's still a pretty powerful story, right? If you have a Levi, a priest, you have all these people who pass, and then one guy who just decides to help the person who's um, you know, very unfortunately uh, beat up in the middle of the road. It changes the story or adds a different level when the person is a Samaritan. It's the person that, all the Jewish pe- that a lot of the Jewish people at that time, they, they just did not like Samaritans. And so the fact that this is the person that helps them out, um, that ethnic difference, actually, ethnic difference makes a world of difference uh, for the people who are hearing it, for the Pharisees. And so there is this sort of uh, weight that you have in that. And um, because of that, again, a lot of the, um, the barriers, the boundaries are still there. Paul's trying to break all these down. Uh, and I think for us now... There's still, this, there's still this call for us to be able to break down these sort of divisions that we have with different people and to go share the gospel. Sometimes it's between ethnic lines. Maybe you don't have the best reputation or the best uh, relationship with different groups of people. Um, I know for me, one thing I share a lot about is I had a hard time loving white people because of a lot of stuff that happened in the past, and yet you've got to break those walls down. Uh, it's a difficult work, but it's one that has to be done nonetheless. And, um, you know, in different communities, uh, in different circumstances, there's the opportunity to be able to share the gospel, partner, love them, things like that. And I want to actually give a lot of credit first. Uh, a lot of us do this. Um, and so I, just, I do want to point that out. This is not a guilt trip sermon. Um, you know, a lot of us, you serve at youth retreats. There's missions trips that we go on. We actually do share the gospel. This is a good thing. I, I hope this continues because there's youth that need to hear about Jesus. There's just other people of all different ages and backgrounds that need to hear about Jesus in Ann Arbor, throughout Michigan, um, all over the world. But... Uh, Again, not meant to be a guilt trip. Oh, sorry. And for college students, you also have the beginning of fall semester because you have all these young, impressionable sort of freshmen that walk in. They don't know what to do. They have no community. Where else is a greater opportunity to introduce the church to them? Right? Where they are able to have this community. They are able to find friends, if nothing else. And you're able to introduce them and share them about this joy that we have with Jesus. And it kind of ends there. Sometimes it continues, and that's like the success stories. But a lot of times, a lot of the evangelism and ways that we share the gospel, when we do it, it's limited to just the summer. Right? It's limited to these missions trips because we're bold in doing these things. We can boldly have our BBSs. We can share the gospel. But when it comes to the daily life part, kind of after summer, uh, it kind of trickles down a little bit. Maybe there are just less opportunities. Um, or maybe, you know, it's just, it's just hard being held accountable to the people that we're with every day, that we have to see every day, that we have to actually, you know, live like Christ to every day. Um, and, you know, there's this phrase that we live by for a lot of us. Um, it's a well-known phrase uh, that goes along the lines of preach the gospel at all times, but when necessary, use words. Um, this is attributed to a Catholic priest named St. Francis of Assisi, um, and it's true. We have to live in a way that when people see us, there's something different, right? Hopefully in a way that, model, that models Christ. But there's two problems with that quote that we try to live by. Um, one, there's actually no reputable source that St. Francis ever said this. So this quote just, someone made it up and put into that uh, internet for the world to know. Uh, second problem, it's always necessary to use words. Um, we have to communicate, 
right? Actions speak louder than words. Yes, that's a thing, um, but actions are also misunderstood and they're misattributed. So you have to be able to verbally kind of understand what you're saying and how you're communicating something. And because practi practically speaking, it's really hard for people to pick up on these clues. Uh, if I go to a foreign country, there are ways that you can communicate something with your body, right? If you have to use the restroom, you do one of these things, you dance around and then you go where? People are like, oh, they need to use the restroom. Um, maybe you want to go to someone and you, know, you just point out what you want and like a menu or like, you know, at a restaurant and they're like, oh, okay, you can body language sort of communicate it out, but there's, there's no dependable sign across every culture um, that communicates, hey, we're fallen folk creatures that are in need of saving by someone who can faithfully represent both God and man, done through Jesus Christ. If you know a sign that can communicate the gospel in a way that's as simple as this for all of mankind to know, um, disregard the sermon. Um, go back in time, let me know before I go to seminary and use up a lot of money to learn this message. And it can be a lot easier to just go and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with our actions. But that doesn't exist. And we have to use words and we have to um, communicate with different people of the gospel. We can't just simply uh, try to live a good life and hope that someone will just ask us about our faith. Because I think for a lot of us, that's kind of the dream. But that's the thought. That, you know, you're, th you're this faithful sort of Christian person. You don't have to share a word about your religion or what you believe in. You go to work, uh, you go to school, and people come up to you. And they're like, hey, I've noticed that you're this really disciplined person. You're really caring. Why do you do this? And you're like, oh, it's because of Jesus. Uh, and then they're like, oh, my God, my sin and conviction. And they fall on their knees and they accept Christ. I've never had that happen to me. It, 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 it doesn't work out that way. Um, yes, are there times when people... Uh, when they're able to, you know, live in a certain way that people are influenced and that people do come up to you. Because that story actually has happened before. Uh, you, know, you, you know, people ask, hey, I've noticed you've done a lot of really good things. Why do you do what you do? Right? And a lot of times this can be the testimony for a lot of people. But also, when I look, just, just in the ways that I've seen and experienced it, it's kind of like the amount of people um, who feel called to be as rich as they can so that they can give to churches and missionaries uh, in the future. Does that calling exist? Yes. Is it, as, is it as prevalent as we would hope it would be? Not really. Right? And so in that same way, um, there's a lot of times in which we wish this situation happens. It doesn't usually end up like that. And so the thing that we have to do is we have to actually make steps to be able to communicate this message of sharing the gospel. Um, in whatever area or place that God has placed us in, I think there's a reason for why he puts us there, right? In the school that we went to, maybe you didn't go to the school you wanted to. You had to settle for your secondary school, which was somehow the University of Michigan. Um, but perhaps there's a reason why God placed you here, that there's a way that you can share the gospel, that you're able to um, grow and, and learn about the world and life and, and faith in such a way that couldn't have happened at the school you wanted to go to. Maybe in the workplace, you were rejected uh, for a job offer or something like that, and you weren't able to go, and yet... No, at the current company that you're at, there's a person that you're able to meet. Um, God places us in different places, and I think there is, uh, there is a call that we have to do to be faithful and to actually you know, share about our faith with the people that God has placed to us. Um, but you, know, you have to practice wisdom. Um, you can't just go to the diag and just shout at people saying that they're going to go to hell because everything they do is bad. Would not recommend that for a variety of reasons um, that crosses between religious and just human rights issues. Uh, you know, you have to be wise. I work at a hospital setting. Um, I work at Kellogg Eye Center. Uh, I can't tell people who are there because they're blind that, hey, maybe you should believe in Jesus um, because, and maybe Jesus will heal your blindness. 
legally, I'm in a lot of trouble. Uh, culturally, socially, there's a lot of issues going on with that. Even people who are Christian, you have to kind of watch out for things like that um, because they might not be the group of people of Christians that necessarily appreciate you. Um, and so there are just things you have to consider. There's wisdom, but um, a lot of times I think that, that that sort of fear and that caution that we have prevent us from taking those opportunities that we have to be able to share the gospel, to be able to talk to them about church, about life, about this hope that we have in Jesus that we're called to give. Because right? how else are they going to know if we don't share these things? How else? We can hope that perhaps they have those dreams where Jesus appears to them. Right? Actually, it's a common testimony amongst a lot of uh, Muslim converts into Christianity. Jesus talks to them through a dream doesn't always happen. Right? And so there is a need for us to be able to share the gospel. And are there wise ways to do it? Are there cautious ways to do it? There are. Um, or it, it, it might be hard to get to, but it's there. Uh, the question is, are you faithful in, in trying to go after those opportunities or um, actually following through on those opportunities when they're given to you? Um, and so, you know, we go on to a little bit more in the rest of the, uh, in, further down the passage, uh, verses 14, 15. Um, I think a lot of times when we are uncomfortable with sharing something, it's like, hey, that's why we pay the pastor $35,000 to $40,000 a year with, with raises every single year. That's his job, or that's her job to be able to share the gospel. Um, and we can look at uh, verses like this. Verses 14 and 15, it mentions preaching three times. Uh, how do people hear without preaching? How are they to preach unless they're sent? And how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news? Sorry to explain this, or to say this to a lot of y'all, to which you already know. Uh, the work of sharing the gospel is not limited to just pastors and preachers. Um, are people paid full-time to do this? Yes. Should they preach the gospel in every message? Yes. Is it limited to just them? No. Uh, a lot of times in the weakness or in the difficulties that we have in our preaching, uh, or in, uh, when it comes to preaching, there's a supplemental way in which you know, regular church people can help translate some of those things. Um, and uh, even the word that they use for preaching, it also means to proclaim. Right? Maybe not everyone might be called to preach because there's a lot of heavy weight uh, with that word, but everyone's called to proclaim the good news. Right? And so the base word is still the same for so both those things. And so there is no, in a way, excuse that we can get out of, oh, sharing the gospel with people because I'm not comfortable with it, because, and then I can just leave it to my pastor. That strategy works. That's a lot of weight on your pastor or your pastors. And so I would ask you as a pastor, um, please share the gospel with your friends and family. We only have a limited amount of time with y'all each and every single week. Um, and yet, again, God places you in different situations. Can pastors help you? Can they help guide you? Yes. Um, can they do the work for you? Unfortunately not. Uh, you can't just sh show your coworkers sermons of Tim Keller, uh, hoping that they accept the gospel. Perhaps it takes a little bit more effort, a little bit more you know, personal relationship with them. Um, well, actually, sorry, RIP Tim Keller. Um, but you, know, you just can't share your favorite pastor's like, sermons right, to the people around you, thinking that they're going to be able to do the job better than you. Sometimes they need to hear your words. Uh, they need to hear it from your perspective or in a way, a personal experience in which God worked in you and that you can share it to them. And so, um, yeah, we're, the entire body of Christ, we're called to proclaim this good news uh, to people. Um, and so, you know, for those, uh, it says, how are they to preach unless they're sent? After every Sunday, there's something called the benediction. A part of that benediction with the closing prayer is that uh, it's to pray for blessings over the congregation so that we're sent back into the world that we live in. Um, because we don't always meet together at church 24-7. If you do, you're in a cult. Um, and so when you go out into the world, you're being sent off almost as missionaries to be able to go to be able to share this good news uh, to different people, to those around you. Uh, and then as we kind of get to the end, um, the title of today's passage, Beautiful Feet, kind of a sketchy phrase, um, but we see the phrase, how beautiful are the feet of those who share the good news. 
right? And this is referring to Isaiah 52, verse 7. Um, and one part that it leaves out in this Romans passage is uh, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of those who share the good news. Uh, many of us here, maybe you went to church your entire life. Every Easter, you hear about the humility it takes for Jesus um, to wash the disciples' feet, right? Because it's dirty. Feet are dirty, um, you know, especially in that time. It's a job for servants. There's hundreds, uh, possibly thousands of years, depending on how well you're educated in seminary, because I can't think of a number right now. There's a lot of time that passes by between the time of Isaiah preaching and when, uh, and when the Apostle Paul is preaching in Romans and is writing this letter. The amount of technology, even in that time, probably differs by quite a bit. And so if the regular feet of people in Jesus' time, if their feet are grimy and dirty, think of how it is for people on the mountain. There's a lot of rocks. It's hard. Your feet slips. There's cuts. There's bunions. There's wounds. Feet are, are, are smelly. They're not necessarily desirable. And yet, what the phrase focuses on is how beautiful are the feet of those who share the good news. Why? Because they're going out. There's dirty work that they have to do that they're trying to do for the sake of the gospel to be shared. And I think hopefully this, you know, and again, they're, they're mountain people. They don't have hiking shoes the way that we would. Uh, they probably just have sneakers, or not sneakers. They have flip-flops. They have sandals. Uh, their feet are, are going to be really dirty, and yet um, I, I wonder if there's a particular reason for why feet are used because they're known to be dirty, and yet how, uh, how redeemed is this dirty part of you in the kingdom of heaven because of your desire to go and share the gospel and to be able to use these things for, uh, for the glory of God. And so... Yeah, I think for all of us, I, I hope you know, that when we go to heaven, that we have beautiful feet. Um, because why? Because we were able to go and share the gospel. It doesn't mean our feet have to be cut up. It doesn't mean that our feet physically have to be you know, beautiful and pedicured. Um, but you know, I hope as we go into the kingdom of heaven that we're able to share the gospel, that when God sees us, there's this moment where he says, you know, my, my, my loyal and faithful servant um, whose feet are beautiful. I hope that, that there's this acknowledgement because that's something that we're called to do. Um, and in verses 16 17, uh, Paul knows as much as we share the gospel, not everyone's going to believe. The Israelites didn't believe, and they're God's people. And this is before the gospel was open to all the Gentiles. And so, what this, you know, and, and so Paul recognizes sure, not everyone will understand, not everyone will believe, not everyone will obey. Um, and yet, how else are they going to know? Um, there's another phrase that he uses here, um, if I could just find it. Yes, uh, so Lord who has believed what he has heard from us. Uh, so Isaiah 53, the beginning part, um, that, that's how it starts, verse 1, and then it just talks about the prophecy of Jesus, right? And so pretty much how else they've heard because we preach this message about Jesus. Is, is Isaiah 53, it's just a prophecy of what's to come. Uh, and so in our lives, uh, even though it's not going to be effective when we share the gospel, there are going to be people who just don't want to hear it. There are going to be people who are offended. There are going to be people um, who maybe they really want to believe in the gospel. And, 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 and they share that with you, and yet they cannot take that final step. Um, it's heartbreaking. Uh, and yet we're still called to share the gospel. We're, we're still called to share this hope that we have uh, in Jesus Christ. Because why? Faith comes from hearing. Um, and hearing comes through the word of Christ. Uh, I think in this time we can also say, too, faith comes from reading. Right? Because not everyone can hear. Right? And so people who are deaf, it's not as though they don't have the hope in Jesus Christ. There's ways that we can communicate information. Um, and so as the word is preached, as the word is written, as it is communicated, um, you know, may that be something that, uh, that we're reminded of, that we're able to do these things because God calls us to do it. Because how else are people going to know? Right? Most of the time, people aren't going to be able to see the goodness in your life and automatically assume it's because of Jesus. Or maybe that, that thought might not even cross their minds. And so we have to be verbally sharing these things with people. 
Right? This is a duty that we have as Christians to be able to proclaim this gospel truth. Um, but to proclaim the gospel message, we have to know what it is. Right? And so at least for this, uh, to close out for this passage portion, um, the gospel, and the way that I can think of is this, um, it's the glorious good truth that we are sinful people with no hope of being perfect by ourselves apart from God, but God is faithful still in the situation and the promises that he fulfills through the Savior, Jesus Christ, that comes in the form of his only son, his beloved son, the God-man who lives this perfect life, who perfectly represents both God and man and is the only one who is able to actually um, you know, bring restoration between us and God. Right? In, his, in his death, um, he, his blood covers our sins in the same way that animal sacrifices did to the Old Testament. And in his resurrection, it shows his victory over the consequences of sin and death. Right? That there is this complete victory that we have. Um, and as Christ resurrects from the dead, as he ascends into the heavens, he sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, where he still pleads on our behalf where he still advocates for us. So our identity that we have after we accept Christ, after we believe in Jesus, um, we can still know that that identity is not taken away from us because Jesus is still pleading for us on our behalf. Right? This is the gospel truth that we uh, can come to know. Um, but also, again, I don't want this message to be a guilt trip. Uh, it is not as though the only way for your feet to be beautiful is to share the gospel. Sharing, your go- sharing the gospel more and more will not just... Uh, that can become a very work-oriented thing, where you just have to find a, where you think of a quota to share with people. How many times do I have to share this? Um, Jesus has already made your feet beautiful. He has already washed your feet, um, and yet uh, there is still there, and, and yet and how beautiful is it when people are able to share the gospel, right? And so even in our sharing of the gospel, uh, again, there's times when we might misrepresent it. We might say the wrong things, and yet there is still this way in which uh, it can be redeemed through the work of Christ and with the continued efforts of continuously people being able to hear of the good news. And the only way that they can do that is if we preach the good news as Christians in the daily life, as pastors, as whatever, because that's what we're called to do. So what do we do? What do we do after hearing this message? This is not really hard applications. You've heard of these applications before. (laughs) First one, you read the Bible, because you have to know what you're preaching. Um, And there's also books. There's so many books. The second thing I love most after food and restaurants is buying books of, of things that I can just recommend to people. There's ways, there are books that, like, that just break down step by step. How do you share the gospel with someone in this setting? How do you share it with this someone in this setting? What are difficult questions that come up a lot? How do you address a lot of these things? Books exist. Books are good. There's audio books from people who, listen through, who, who learn from hearing. There's, I mean, visual books from people who, who learn visually. Um, there's probably picture books that can depict how do you share the message of Jesus Christ or the gospel. There, there's so many resources available. Um, it's just a matter of, A, are we aware of these things? And B, um, are we going to actually try to learn and, and kind of work on some of these things that we might not be so confident in so that we are able to you know, have some level of confidence to share um, about our faith? Uh, another one is that we pray. We pray that, you know, that God might give us the confidence or the conviction. Because uh, some of us legit have social anxiety. and It's really hard to share the gospel when you have social anxiety. Um, it's really hard when you just don't like people around you, right? And so you have to pray. There's still this reliance on prayer that we need uh, because we have, to, we have to look to Jesus, right? We have to look to God. God is going to be the one that bears the fruit of us sharing this good news that we have with other people. Um, and so we pray because we're dependent on God. We read the Bible because that's what we're actually preaching. Um, we can read other things because it might teach us how do we share some of these things. But, but the biggest one is just, just do it. <laughs> just, there's no other way of sharing the gospel besides just sharing the gospel, um, it's difficult. It's awkward. I still remember the first time I went up to someone cold in the middle of the league. Uh, it was back when they had a Wendy's downstairs. 
um, or was it the one against? It, was, it might have been another place. Um, but there was this Chinese dude, and I, I did my best to just be like, hey, can I sit here and talk with you? This was like 2012, uh, when it was socially acceptable, kind of, to do this, right? And I just sat with him. He was a guy with a Catholic background. Um, he had no idea what the conversation was. I had no idea how to lead it. It was like two hours of just the worst conversation. I'd like to think something came of it. I don't know, I've never met the dude. I think his name was Alex or Jonathan or something. Um, something, fairly common Asian name. Um, <laughs> right? but, but you just have to do it, right? Because you can't, you can practice. Practice is good. Go to your friends, go to the people around you, your people who might disciple you, go to the pastors. People can, can help you share the gospel, but ultimately, you just have to do it, right? as difficult as it is. Because sometimes the people you want to share the gospel to is your parents. It's your loved ones. It's friends and family, and there's a cost that comes with trying to bring this message to them, especially if there's hostility or a history that has, was, was there before. Uh, and yet, um, again, is there wisdom? Yes. Are there things that we can consider? Yes. Does it have to be instant right away? No. But we're still called to do it. And so the best way that we can actually apply it, you know, learning on what does it look like to share the gospel is, is doing it, practicing it. Um, it's not successful every time. My success rate, 2%. And maybe, and that's just because people grow up in the church and they hear the gospel from other people, right? But I get to play a part, right? We all get to play a part. We're all called to do this. Um, and so, yeah, we read the Bible, we pray, and we just do it, right? This is the application for literally every sermon. But there's no better way that we can learn how to do this. Um, and so, yeah, just to close um, overall with this message, um, the reason why I'm sharing about this is I met with Pastor Steve like a week or two ago, and I was like, hey, Pastor Steve, what do I preach on? Is there like a sermon series? And he's like, no, just sermon series is pretty much things that he has to preach to himself. And I was like, oh, there's a lot of things I can preach about then. Um, but one thing I've noticed, uh, or you know, a thought that's been reoccurring to me is in my college years, um, I went to a church, Harvest Missions Community Church, it heavily uh, valued missions and sharing the gospel. Um, and so there were a lot of people with Christian and church backgrounds that went there, but there were also a lot of people who never went to church. They had never heard of Jesus before, um, or they heard very little about Jesus. And there was this constant emphasis each and every single week to, to go and share the gospel, invite them to the church community, be the salt and light of the world. Um, and some of the greatest joys that you're able to hear from this are the testimonies of people during their baptisms, uh, when they're able to share about how they had no hope, how they went to Michigan because they got rejected from every other school, um, and this was where God met them. This was where they were able to realize God brought me here for a reason. Um, the, the, and, and it's the message that they're able to take back home to their friends and their families. Right? And they're able to testify of the goodness of God, of the grace of God, of the kindness of God um, in so many different ways. And then after I left Harvest, uh, I came here for about five years. I'm at Hope Church now. Um, there's a lot of other things that maybe I didn't learn too well uh, from Harvest or that I could have. That just wasn't as emphasized because churches can't perfectly emphasize everything. Um, so I learned a lot of stuff here. I learned a lot of stuff at Hope Church. But it just, most of the people I met, they have a church history. They grew up in the church. Um, you know, there are people who just want to continue growing in their faith, and, which is good, because you need people like that. That, that. That's good that we have experienced Christians here. Um, but there is something a little bit different when you're able to hear, where you're able to preach the good news to someone who has no idea um, what this hope was, and you're able to um, be able to give them hope. Sometimes I get jealous doing this because I want that feeling again. Um, but I, and I can't. Maybe it's not the best thing that I wanted again. Um, so yeah, I, I think th there's something different when you're able to share the gospel with someone who doesn't know about Jesus. What this doesn't mean is that somehow people with, um, with church backgrounds need to hear about Jesus less. We need Jesus just as much. 
Um, this does not mean that people with testimonies where they actually don't know when they accepted God or when they believed in Jesus, they just know it happened at one point because of the faithfulness of God. That is a beautiful testimony. That is a great testimony of God's faithfulness. Does it seem as sexy as someone who quit drugs and, became to, and came to know Jesus? Maybe not. And yet it's still just as beautiful, right? Because we still need the gospel message. Um, but I also hope, right, uh, whether LGM or the different churches that we're a part of, I just bring this up because I hope it's, uh, the LGM is known as a church um, where there are people who had no prior experience with Jesus, uh, no prior experience with God, and yet they were able to hear about the goodness of God, um, and they were able to hear from people, yeah, other people who didn't know about Jesus, or people who have known Jesus maybe their whole life. Um, this is what I'm praying for for LGM, um, that, yeah, that this is a church where it's known from, and it's not, um, you know, because there is the risk of churches just being a country club or a social club for people who are already part of the church. Um, again, people out of youth group, they need Jesus. Um, but there are just as many people out there who don't know about Jesus that need him as well. And so that's my prayer for LGM. And so, uh, praise man, if you can come on up, um, or hot on if you can come on up. Um, I just want to take some time for us to think, right? Who are people in our lives that, um, that maybe God has uh, either now or before for a long time? Uh, who, if there is anyone, right, uh, that, that he wants you to be able to share uh, this good news with in your actions, in your life, as well as verbally. Um, and maybe it requires repentance because you've given up on some of these things. Maybe it requires um, just a continued pleading to God, uh, asking, may they know the goodness of the Lord. Uh, let's pray about this for a little bit. And then uh, afterwards, um, we'll go into a time of worship to close out. And then I'll close out with a pr uh, prayer at the end. So let's pray. Lord, and we thank you for this day. We thank you uh, the privilege that we have to be able to hear your word. Uh, and Lord, I pray, uh, yeah, for some of us uh, that we would repent um, if there were people who you placed in our lives um, that maybe thinking back on it now, you clearly wanted us to be able to share the gospel with, and yet we missed those opportunities. Or maybe we just didn't have the faith that anything could happen. Lord, we pray pleading uh, to you because we have loved ones who don't know you, and, and, and there's nothing more than we want for them to know you. Uh, that, they would be, that they would be able to know the hope that they have in you, whether they um, you know, left the church for various reasons or maybe they just never knew of you before. Lord, ultimately, um, all we know is that you have tasked us, you have called us to go and to share this good news and to proclaim it to the nations, to those around us, um, locally, nationally, internationally, wherever we may go, wherever you place us. Uh, Lord, may we be a people who are faithful to that calling. May we be a people who would, uh, who would rely on you. And Lord, in the opportunities that we do have to be able to share of the good news, uh, Lord, may we take those opportunities. And though we will stumble, that we will fail, that we might not be able to give a coherent gospel message, may you be able to use those things uh, ultimately in a way where people will come to know you. Uh, 
Lord, if we have the privilege of being able to be the ones um, who can share the message and at that moment they're able to come to believe in you, uh, Lord, may we have that privilege at least once. For there is a joy there as we worship with you and all the saints in heaven, uh, Lord, that, that someone has come to know in you, that that miracle has occurred. Uh, Lord, may you also give us opportunities where we will not be the ones to share that good news, that others will be able to, that, but that we would still be joyful that we had the opportunity to be able to share something, that we were able to share this hope that we had in you. Uh, Lord, we look to you. May you grow us, may you lead us to, uh, to share your word. Lord, we thank you, uh, Lord, for being good, for allowing us to know your word, uh, and, and, and for, for giving us the faith to be able to uh, believe in you from the faithful work of all those who came before us. Uh, whether it was our parents, whether it was our uh, grandparents, aunties, uncles, uh, whoever it was, pastors, random strangers. Lord, we thank you that, uh, Lord, that they had a courage to, to verbally uh, to share these things and communicate these things to us. And may we have that same duty and privilege to be able to do so for those who come after us. So, Lord, we thank you for how good you are, for all that you do in your name. We pray. Amen.